0: unveiling the secrets a-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions this is the copywriters podcast with your host the world's greatest copywriting coach david garfinkel all right welcome back to the copywriters podcast with your host the world's greatest copywriting coach david garfinkel david how are you doing today
1: i'm good nathan how are you
0: i'm doing fantastic man uh a little bit worried that I might catch the coronavirus, but other than that,
1: yeah, the you know, if as long as you have a line with it, I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> think
0: by the time by the time this episode comes out, two thirds of the world's population will already have died, and this will not be a funny joke anymore. Dang it! I know. Okay, I'm sorry. What, what do we got lined up for this week's episode?
1: Well, our guest today was recently featured on the National Geographic channel for something no one would really want to be seen for. The show was Locked Up Abroad. And the episode is about the time Jesse Moskal spent in prison in Thailand and how copywriting helped him cut, oh, 20 years off his sentence. And actually, that's not the most important thing about copywriting that Jesse's going to share today, albeit important. And he turned his life around after he came back to the USA. He made a discovery at an AWAI meeting that I've never heard anyone else talk about the way he does. And for every beginning copywriter who wants to get more clients, Jesse has some unique ways to do it. And best of all, they don't require serving time in Thailand or anywhere (laughs) else. But besides writing copy and appearing on TV, Jesse spends a lot of time at direct marketing events like Dan Kennedy's Renegade Millionaire where he shared some of what you're going to hear in full today. This show is going to be a wild ride. So, before we jump into the cockpit and head for the stratosphere with Jesse Moskal, allow me to strike a note of restraint. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast, but most of the time common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and or if you're writing copy in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do it all the time. So, Jesse, thanks for being here. We've got so much to talk about and so little time to do it. How are you?
2: I'm wonderful.
1: Thanks for having me, David. Sure. So, first, uh, tell us about how you escaped a life sentence using copywriting?
2: I would love to. uh, And like you said, uh, I'll get around to talking about this Upwork stuff in a minute here, but the reason I'm such a big fan of copywriting and copy uh, sales letters in particular is because when I was locked up in Thailand, I uh, had to use them to escape a life sentence. And uh, briefly, the way that went down was um, very difficult because it wasn't in my own language. Wow. So, so, uh, i in 2008, I found myself locked up abroad in Bangkok, Thailand. And, uh, obviously, you know, there's a big tourist industry in Thailand, but the people that speak English in the tourist sections, uh, I found they didn't extend into the prisons. So I found myself uh, quite alone and unable to communicate with virtually anyone. Um, And if any of you listening have ever been to Thailand or seen their writing, you possibly know that it looks pretty much like cake frosting, maybe applied by a sloppy two-year-old. So uh, it was quite intimidating. And uh, me being the type of guy who likes to bite off way more than he should chew, uh, I decided I could learn that language in a year because I'd studied Spanish in college, I suppose, and uh, went to work learning the language. It took about four years before my letters were convincing enough for the consulate, the Thai consulate, to take note of them and uh, actually take my request seriously and help me get transferred out of there.
1: Wow. Uh, well, congratulations. That's probably the uh, most stunning use of copywriting I've ever heard of. Back in the U.S. survey, how did your first efforts at finding work go?
2: Uh, interesting, you should ask. Um, there's there's three things in the world that I'm very allergic to and I can't be around. Those are cats, horses, and uh, grass. So um, predictably with uh, being, being an ex-felon and ex-drug dealer, I couldn't um, walk into most places and persuade anyone to hire me, even though I thought I was good at copies. So uh, I found myself that first year Working on a lawn care team, which was most unfortunate because I had to sneeze my way to a paycheck every week and a small one at that oh man that that that
1: hurts um, something shifted when you had a conversation with your brother, right you you mentioned
2: that when we were preparing for the show. Could you expand on that? Yeah, sure. So during uh, all these sneezing uh, paydays, I was very much under the delusion that you know, I could transfer the copywriting skills I'd acquired in the prison over to getting jobs online. And I, I'd heard that Upwork, uh, at the time it was Elance.
1: I mean, little did you realize that copy actually had to be written in, in English rather than i
2: forgotten right? to switch over And good point, David, <laughs> if I could only go back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so after I couldn't get a job by writing in a language that looked like cake frosting, I, um, I reached out to my brother who's uh, kind of an internet guru, uh, marketer, and uh, he decided to cut me a break. And he started showing me how to position myself in Elance at the time and talk to employers and think like the employers. Rather than coming in like all the other writers begging for jobs, I was able to use rational direct response techniques and started getting traction fast. Could, could you give me an
1: example of something he
2: told you? Uh, sure. Um, basically, his, his, his first and foremost decree was to create a client profile and go in there and hire a copywriter to update my profile. Okay. And I only did it for, you know, I only paid out maybe 10 or 20 bucks to do so, but the very act of becoming a client rather than the freelancer, Entirely altered my thinking.
1: And what, what was like? What was the most important thing about your thinking that changed?
2: Well, I think it's really about writing to the reader's biggest pain points. And I know that's that's something that most copywriters seem to already know. But the reality of doing uh, of having having it uh, flipped versus the the speculative or the 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 idea of it was completely different.
1: So, so let me let's walk through this a little bit. So, sure. you had hired a copywriter. You understood what pain points clients had about copywriters, like not returning <laughs> phone calls, or oh, that's
2: crazy. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know, uh, not not being able to speak, only being able to write, or, or what, whatever you discovered. Um, the, right? Am I am I on track there?
2: Let me try to stop laughing for a minute so I can agree with you. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, And so by knowing that you could craft your pitches to other clients in such a way that you
2: would stand out from other copywriters, is that kind of like it? It it really, precisely. Initially, it just came down to the very basics, just saying, hey, you know, I'm a real guy. I'd like to talk to you. I want to understand what your, your needs are. And, um, I'm here to do what you need on time the way you want it. And it's not all about me and what I've learned. And I'm going to, you know, push on you. S-
1: simple, simple stuff works. That That's amazing. So, um, armed with that knowledge, then you, um, happen to find yourself in an AWAI meeting. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's again, it's super, super basic stuff. But, uh, you know, not, they say 90% of sh- of getting a job is just showing up and doing the work on time. I mean, you know, I think I've heard stats that 97% of people are not on time. So, you know, these couple of things really put me uh, out there in the front, I think, of all copywriters in Elance at the time. And, um, you know, I quickly had more jobs than I could handle myself. So I went to AWAI to meet other writers. I knew that was where the best writers were.
1: Okay. And, and what what happened?
2: So when I went in, I came as a marketer. Um, I was able to get up on stage and talk about the types of work I was looking for. And uh, just having work, again, put me back in the client's shoes. And when the event was over or the speaking part portion was over i had i was just deluged i was rushed by all these copywriters seeking work i realized holy crap none of these people are working so that was a big light bulb that went off at that time
1: wait you mean the copywriters at awai weren't actually working copywriters no sir (laughs) okay um so you might, I, I think you went through a thought process because um, I'm being funny, but or sarcastic, but uh, you were you were probably genuinely surprised, right?
2: Well, you know, um, I was shocked. Yeah, shocked. I was surprised, uh, and and it just it's you know it was it was kind of like that thing I've I've known all of my life that you know when you want to become an entrepreneur, what you have to do is go out and find a hungry crowd and place yourself at the front of it, and mm-hmm. I'd. I'd known this my whole life, but never truly found one until that moment where I'm standing there with this line of people longer than I could see, uh, you know, who are eagerly waiting to talk to me. It was, it was shocking.
1: But a lot of these people were skilled, at least at a basic level, copywriters, weren't they?
2: Most of them perhaps were, and definitely are better copywriters than I am. I was entirely... Uh, uh self-trained i had never taken a class never bought a course I, I really i felt like an amateur i felt like i was going to be discovered as a fraud when i was on stage but the truth of the matter is it didn't matter in the end
1: well i i think as as george uh bush told oh boy a, a group of students once i'm i'm living proof that you can be a c student and become president of the united states remember that.
2: Yes, indeed. Very clearly. I yeah. think he uses that at uh, commencement speeches. So the C students hire the B
1: students and the A students drive taxis. Okay. Um, so, of course, it's not quite that simple, but so that was interesting. So, w- w- I mean, it seems to me that um, what you realize is the skill of writing copy and the ability to get a client and then keep the client, those are like two different things. And there were a lot of people who had that first thing. They had copywriting skill, but they didn't have even a clue about the second thing. Right.
2: Yeah. In fact, um, what, what really struck me was that uh, a couple of things seem to be true for, for this massive group of highly skilled writers. Number one, that they, they had had this, somebody put this preconceived notion into their head that there was this writer's life. And in this writer's life, you know, you would go and pick a, a remote town in Colorado, and you you'd get an office and a little villa up on the hill. Wait, that's Nathan. Isn't, isn't that isn't that your situation? Don't you live in a remote town in Colorado? <laughs> well, then you must be surrounded by famous copywriters. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. There you go. Um, so I guess I was wrong. But <laughs> the um, these these writers seemed to think that, that these jobs were going to magically appear from, from ground zero. Like, you'd go from zero income to getting fifteen or $20,000 royalty checks, you know, just to write your promo, and then, you know, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that, that pour out for the very best 1% after that. So that, I can't
1: that's... imagine where anyone would have gotten that idea, but anyway, okay, so that was the idea that they had, and then... You you found that if you said, I got jobs, all of a sudden they would mob you.
2: Yeah, well, you know, the interesting thing is um, most of these people, although they were enamored by the writer's lifestyle uh, concept, they didn't necessarily even want or like writing uh, for health and finance, which are the, the biggest areas, of course, as you know. Mm -hmm. Um, many of them, uh, one student in particular, I remember he was, uh, a plumber and he, he didn't give a damn about writing for, uh, finance. You know, he wasn't a stock market guy. He never would be, but he, he was a tradesman. And so therefore he loved to write for construction. And so we quickly found him a niche because there's a ton of copy, uh, to be written for construction industry.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really big industry. It's not glamorous. You know, I mean, there's movies like Wall Street and, you know, The Wolf of Wall Street, but I've never seen, like, The Wolf of Rebar or, you know, The, the, the Wolf of um, Spackle uh, Application <laughs> or anything like that. It's just not it's not as glamorous, but it's a huge part of the economy. I, I wrote in that uh, area as a journalist, as a trade journalist, for eight years, and I know it's a huge part of the economy, and it's also... Um, it's sort of a weather vein, you know. And when, when construction's a, I think a leading or lagging, I think it's a leading indicator of where the economy is going. So, yeah, that, I mean that, that's 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 a perfect example. That was great.
2: The other big thing that I discovered was that uh, all of these copywriters were talking about. You know, there, there's a there's a set of subculture uh, concepts. Um, one, the foremost of which is kind of a, a weird thing where they they all seem to have this notion that, uh, going into a job board was somehow beneath them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so when I first began telling people that, you know, I'm pulling down 10, 12, 15 grand a month off of little jobs on Elance or Upwork, they really scoffed. And, you know, the whole idea was, Oh, we're way too good for that. Um, there's no good clients in there. All the clients in there want to pay $5 blogs. And, uh, you know so I really I really began to see hey I need to sh- teach people what's in here because that's not the case at all I've had some spectacular clients uh in fact another client of mine I think it was in his second week in my course ended up pulling down a job with uh a guy named Larry King off of CNN Really? Yeah that story is uh something I share inside uh I- I'll get to that at the end but yeah um, and that's the thing. It, 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 he didn't go in there and say, Hi, I'm Larry King. I'm looking for a copywriter. <laughs> right. you know, he, got, he had a marketing manager and they just said it's for uh, you know, a TV production. Um, and the guy was just following my formula for applying to jobs. Uh, I teach people how to do it quickly and uh, you know, because the, the odds are in the numbers. So I teach people how to apply to 10 jobs per day in about 30 minutes. And following that formula, within about two weeks, he had somebody hit him back. And lo and behold, he did lots of work, highly paid work for uh, Larry King.
1: Okay, so let's review so far, and then I want to hear more about your formula. Number one, you found out that um, despite their strong intentions, people weren't getting ten to $15,000 royalty checks every month for sitting on the beach and living the writer's life, right? Absolutely. yes. Okay. And secondly, you found that despite popular opinion, um, there actually was work, good paying work with good clients to be had on Elance. I guess Elance is no more, but Upwork is still around. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of a friend of mine, very Grammy winning musician, and he he was in New York at one point, New York City. And in New York City at the time, the idea was well, nobody promotes themselves because if you have to promote yourself, you're not cool. Then he moved to Hollywood and everyone's promoting themselves. Everyone's, you know, got a sandwich board walking up and down Sunset <laughs> Boulevard and and there are all these uh, billboards that say for your consideration, totally different culture. And he realized that uh it's just artistic snobbery. Um right.
2: Yeah, in fact, uh, I mean, I like to think of LA as Hustle City. When I started the course, I I actually recorded much of it in my backyard in Pasadena and I used to put this cap on it says hustle on it. Yeah. That was just that was the motto. So, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, also I'd like to say there really are two parts of being a successful copywriter. One is being able to write copy that gets sales for a product, and the other one is being able to market yourself. To clients, those are really they're overlapping, but they're two different skills, right?
2: Yeah, and there's one more little aspect I'd love to throw in here. Sure. Um, a lot of times, I discovered that people, uh, and this fits the whole vein where where you know these young copywriters or inexperienced copywriters are looking to the uh, the cream of the crop, and somebody at the top of the industry is saying, "Niche down. You can only have one thing you do." And so, you know, without ever having written a word, they're saying, I'm a health copywriter. And the truth of the matter is my system teaches people how to go in there and, and win a lot of tiny different jobs in different industries. The first, the first year I was in it, my, my industry was yes. And I, I've written everything from olive oil to uh, safety magazines. I mean, you know, and what that did was it allowed me to eliminate a lot of things I didn't like, discover new interests. And, you know, obviously, if you're the construction guy, that's a big advantage. You can save some time. But if you don't know, you don't know. And this this allows you to do $200, $400 jobs and get a lot of experience. Well, tell us a little bit about your system and give us some tips if, if you're willing to. By all means. I basically look at Upwork as a sandbox. And without even winning your first job, when you go in there, you're just looking at employer after employer after employer's needs. So you get a real sense of what people are trying to accomplish uh, from the client side. And so just reading all those job requisitions is, is a fabulous training tool in and of itself for any copywriter who wants to understand who's making money on the internet where they're doing it, how they're doing it, because they're going to ask, you know, this is what I need. I need a landing page, I need opt-ins, you know, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. So that's that's number one. Uh, number two, um, I think what my system does is, and keep in mind, this is not for people who don't know how to write. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a great writer and I don't teach people how to write. It's really the business side of things. Um, one thing I am proud of is that, in the seven years I've been a copywriter, I've gotten stiffed once for fifty dollars <laughs> by a friend of mine for a copy project. Oh, um, by a friend? <laughs> still a friend? <laughs> if you're listening, pal. I didn't forget you. <laughs> but um, I've got a pretty aggressive way of making sure that people pay when they're supposed to, and it's just you know it's just a matter of setting expectations, which again is not a copywriting skill but it's something that these people typically had no idea how to do. So uh, there's a lot of business sense in the course. Um, Since I was young, I knew that uh, it took 21 days to form a habit, so I figured I would make a 28-day course. So we sealed the habit and then put another week on top of it, and it's really just about daily practices. Uh, There's videos between usually between five and 10 minutes long, and then there'll be a little assignment. The whole course can be completed in less than an hour, per day over 28
1: days yeah so um you seem like you have some unusual talents and maybe you've had an overly adventurous life um what about these you know uh these other people with writing skills but maybe no marketing skills and maybe not the same kind of i'll just be blunt about same kind of imagination that you have um have, have other people been able to get results with this
2: you know, I love the people who say, I'm not a salesperson, because, you know, that, that really is life in, in and of itself, uh, whether you're trying to find a mate uh, or, you know, get in line at Carolyn's to ride the rides. I mean, you, you know, there, there's an element of selling yourself no matter what you're doing. So these people, and it often seems to be copywriters who say, I'm not a salesperson. Well, hey, guess what? That is the essence of copywriting. So I don't think anybody can't learn these skills. I think that they're all innate in us. It's just a matter of a lot of people have that block, that mental block where they're telling themselves they're not a writer. So I try to tear that wall down and teach you simple ways to kind of put your best foot forward and position yourself separate from other people.
1: Yeah, but how's it worked out with your students so far in your course?
2: We've had a couple of people go full-time from regular jobs. And uh, I think that some of those people still work in Upwork, but I'd say the vast majority of them, once they get comfortable selling themselves, they remove the roadblocks that are holding them back. Then they pretty much all branch into uh, mainstream copywriting in the sense that they they do the normal types of things that successful copywriters do, you know, approaching middle managers, going through LinkedIn and talking to people, but it just removes all that fear. Uh, for a lot of guys, I know the letters they develop, their pitch letters their proposal letters that they develop in Upwork, they're able to take those and move them over to their chosen industry if they know what it is once they discover it. So it's kind of like training wheels for the bicycle that is copywriting. Okay.
1: Can you give us a tip on getting past the "I'm not a salesman, I can't sell myself, I I'm just a writer" uh, mindset?
2: I I think I'll stay with the bicycle analogy for that one. So, what I'll do at the beginning of the course is tell people to write a pitch letter for themselves to the prospective employers, and usually they come back pretty reflective of their mindset. So, what I like to do is um, I throw a lot of templates at the people in the course and say, here, take this template, fill in your name and change the details around so that it matches you. So now it's kind of like I'm pushing them along on the bicycle and they, they put that out a few times and over the next couple of days, because again, they're all good riders, they start to modify it a little more. I push people to improve things 1% every day and pretty soon that bicycle becomes a little easier to ride and uh, that, that, that nudges them along in the right path.
1: Okay so what would you say is the biggest mistaken self-conception most copywriters have that gets in the way of of them selling themselves successfully
2: I would say having a preconceived notion of where they want to arrive at uh thinking that again you know that they're this sort of copywriter when they've never written a promo before or that you know that that industry's out um what my course well there're two things my course does uh, fundamentally, And the one is to to kind of help you discover who, what kind of writer you are, but it also helps you think like an entrepreneur because the, the overarching goal for the whole, the whole reason I created the course wasn't so you could get jobs working for somebody else. It was really so that you could start to think like an owner because if you're entirely successful in my course, the end result will be that you're writing copy for your own business rather than selling copy to others so they can make money off of your work.
1: Okay, so you're you're really talking about a mindset change, aren't you? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's really coaching.
1: But um it's it's not like an abstract mindset change. It's like a mindset set change in order so that you can make money as a freelance copywriter or as a business owner.
2: Right. Um I, I really believe that there's two, precisely two types of humans in the world, and this is just one of innumerable ways to break it down. You're either an employee or an employer, and I teach the employee employer mindset.
1: Yeah, actually, with certain exceptions, people who have more of an employer mindset make better employees because they're willing to take responsibility rather than check a box and go home. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, the other thing there, too, is... Um, a lot of people will go into copywriting full time like I did for three years. I loved it. But then I got burned out and I was like, well, what's next? And I'm sure you've had that experience as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Have you ever <laughs> heard of double pneumonia? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no not fun. No, I'm not joking, unfortunately. I'm joking a lot, but I'm not joking about that one. So, <laughs> but... so your course is Copy Kickstart, right? Want to tell us about... You know how people can find out more about it, and also you have a discount code if they've listened all the way
2: to the end. Yeah, isn't that nice? We are going to reward listeners of this special podcast. Uh, right now, the course is listed at nineteen ninety seven which is two grand out of pocket. It's well worth it. By way of mention, I made using exactly this course, I went from zero to uh, over ten grand a month in ten months. Uh, but right now If you're listening to this course, you can go to Copy Kickstart, spelled just like it sounds, C-O-P-Y-K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T.com forward slash W-I-N, because this podcast is a win. Go there and use David's special coupon code, which... We, we spent hours generating yesterday, uh, David. Yeah, we all had gone all the way back to Hebrew, right? <laughs> <We got> to... <laughs> right. Yeah, you've got to get a special keypad. No, it's uh, all caps. It's five letters. It's D-A-V-I-D. If you put that in at the checkout, you will save 50% on this course only for listeners of this podcast.
1: Okay, well, that sounds great. And just to clarify, when you said you went to $10,000 a month with this course, you mean using what you are teaching in this course, you went from zero to 10,000 as a a copywriter or as a freelancer, or is that what you meant?
2: Yeah, well, the the income claim, I want to say two quick things on that. Number one, that's not income that I was booked. That's income that I banked. Uh, A lot of people (laughs) fail to make that differentiation. But yeah, the goal was eight grand a month because I wanted to be a six-figure copywriter, and it only took me 10 months using these I'm not saying that's going to happen for you, but it's certainly possible if you apply yourself.
1: Okay, and it's Well, We'll put that in the show notes, too, so people can see it if there's something they want to do. Sounds uh, great. Nathan, do you have any questions? You've been sitting there like a fly on the wall, uh, which you promised you would do. Uh, do you have anything? Uh,
0: the only thing I have to add is this is definitely something that I struggled with when I first started copywriting and I know a lot of copywriters deal with is we take the courses to learn how to copyright. We buy the books to learn how to copyright. We try to go out and get clients and we realize that getting clients and copywriting are two separate skills and knowing how to get clients is just as important as knowing how to copyright. So, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like this is an underserved aspect of the copywriting niche. So thank you, Jesse, for putting something like this together.
2: My pleasure, Nathan. I should point out the very first client call I did, I actually hid on mute in the background while my brother talked to the client. <laughs> i was so afraid. <laughs> like so, a ventriloquist. With a... Don't think that I'm this special guy that has already had this sales talent. I was... Even more scared than most of you guys when I started out.
1: No, I mean, that that's a good thing because it that gives you some empathy. You know
2: what everyone else is going to go through. Yeah, man, it was, I was, I man, I was shivering in my boots
0: and I was on mute. <laughs> so copy kickstart.com slash win w I N. And then the promo code is all caps David D-A-V-I-D. You got it. Awesome. All right. Until next time, if you want to get more of your copywriters podcast fix, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and we will catch you later.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. Catch you later. It's been thrilling. Thanks, guys.
1: Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.
0: This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.